Hello and welcome to Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, discuss, and review every horror movie on Netflix. I am Chris, back again this week with Patrick. Hello. And Steven. Hi. And we are here this week to discuss the 2018 psychological horror drama film, Look Away. But before we do that, we like to do a little catch up on what else we've been consuming in the horror space, watching, reading, thinking about. Uh, Patrick, what's been going on with you? Not too much other than, and and I know at least one of you shares this experience, been semi-religiously watching True Detective Night Country, the two episodes that have come out so far, by which I mean I watched them both the day after they came out, I think. Um, but I've really been enjoying that so far. The The vibes are impeccable and unsettling. Um, Jodie Foster is a fucking queen, as always. It's introduced me to uh, her co-star, whose name I genuinely just don't know, um, so maybe someone can help me out on that, but it's also spooky as fuck, and I'm loving it. It's great. i got to catch up on episode two probably tonight, um, but... You know, I never bothered with seasons two and three of True Detective. I've heard they're not good. I've mm-hmm. heard they have almost and maybe even no connection at all to this new season. But uh, lots of allusions to John Carpenter's The Thing in this. So, <laughs> and I, uh, Issa Lopez, the showrunner creator of the season, has all but confirmed that this is going to, wherever you think this is going to go, it's going to go there. It's going to go hard, and it might even be weirder than we're anticipating so i'm really excited again it's only six episodes we're gonna Mm. like whether we love it or hate it in the end it's gonna be over before we know it oh love a six episode series do it as quick as you can hell yeah chris have you been watching i I don't know actually i know you were planning to i'm not sure i was planning to but i haven't been but i'll i'll catch up don't Mm. worry about me I'll, i'll be there yeah yeah it's been a delight so far. I'm excited to, I mean, I use delight. Delight is a weird word to use for a show that's so fucking dark and unsettling, but it's it's very well done, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Yeah, it's kind of like a mayor of Easttown with mm, mm-hmm. a possibly supernatural horror bent to it. It's got that, like, prestige HBO crime drama thing going on, and then... Um, just some some truly terrifying, unsettling images mm-hmm. on top of it. I just like watching HBO and seeing a woman wearing like the big police coat walking around. <laughs> yeah, in like in like flared jeans and cowboy boots out in the snow. Yeah, I do yeah. feel like that's a the trope. genre. There should be a section for that on Max. But yeah, that's it for me. Is that all you yeah, have to report? Chris, you got anything? Yeah, it's a great segue, actually, because I actually watched a John Carpenter movie that I hadn't seen before. Oh, right. Elvis. Oh. (laughs) From 1979. Kurt Russell as Elvis, made for TV movie by John Carpenter back when he was doing his TV movies, which, I mean, it's 79, so it came out after Halloween, but I guess he wasn't, you know, like Issa Lopez. I guess he made his debut film and then did some TV before people realized what they had on their hands with him. But Kurt Russell as Elvis, it was like three hours long. And I would say the first hour and a half were pretty slow and, and, and maybe slow in comparison to Elvis 2022, <laughs> Boz Lerman's Elvis, which is just, you know, from the, from the opening second, it's a mile a minute flashing images. Uh, but I, I thought it was a pretty, pretty sleepy Elvis biopic. The second half picked up a little bit. I was actually surprised at how much ground it had in common with the recent Priscilla movie in terms of talking about their relationship and showing like Priscilla's dissatisfaction with the relationship and everything like that. Cause I thought those were relatively new ideas, but nope, 1979 John Carpenter was there or maybe he foresaw it, but I don't know. All in all, I guess thumbs up, but certainly not the first and maybe not even the second Elvis film you should watch. But Kurt Russell did a great job as Elvis. Actually. I was, I was surprised. Does he sing? He no, it's it's dubbed over, mm. okay. With someone who also doesn't really sound like Elvis, so mm. oh, that's weird. Yeah, uh, who plays the Colonel? The Colonel is played by Pat Hingle. Oh, oh no, Batman oh, yeah. fame. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! But he he has a pretty small part. 
Okay. Yeah. Lots An about all-star production. Yeah, lots and lots about Elvis and his like rags to riches up, up uh, upbringing and and a lot of uh, scenes with him and his mother, a lot of scenes with his mother and her friends. It was very El- the first hour and a half is very Elvis's mother centric in a way that was a little uh, slow for me. But God bless John Carpenter. God bless. God bless. Steven. Uh, uh, you know, aside from Night Country. I don't have a ton, but I've been talking about The Curse for the last few episodes, and uh, the first season, I don't know if this is going to continue, but uh, it ended, and holy shit, uh, if I told you what happened in it, you wouldn't believe me, and I think it would be impossible to spoil, but Does it was Joker 100%. Does the show up? It's, we- <laughs> it's even weirder than that. It's even weirder than that. Completely unexpected uh, and hard to describe. But man, I loved this series. It was such a delightfully uncomfortable watch. I know Patrick is now beginning his journey as a cherry tomato boy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've stated that it might take you some time to get through it, which I totally understand. <laughs> I, I needed yeah. the show to be week to week so I could decompress because yeah. I often felt like I was having a panic attack watching it. Um yeah, good, good shit. I know some of our listeners uh, were curious and haven't started it yet. Some started it and fell off, and I would encourage those, if you like David Lynch and you like high strangeness, um, get back into it. It's going to be worth it. It at least makes for a good conversation. What else? Oh, on the book club, we're reading the Jordan Peele-edited anthology out there, Screaming. It's a new anthology of black horror stories i'm i've only two stories in but i'm really enjoying it so far um the first one has kind of a classic to me kind of a classic stephen king uh sort of vibe um it involves cars i can say that much so you (laughs) might you might have an idea of of slightly where it's going there yeah i think that's it i think that takes us to the feature at hand the feature at hand look away no that's that's not what we're telling you to do it's just the name of the film we love a good instructional horror movie film title this one is called look away because it's about well sort of a haunted mirror there's a little bit more to it than that but this is a story of a 17 year old high school student named maria who is sort of a stock uh downtrodden socially misfitted uh high school girl She doesn't have a lot of friends. She has one friend who's kind of like alpha wolf, kind of controls the scene around her. She's plagued a little bit by other people at school. She doesn't really have any real friends. She certainly doesn't have a boyfriend. These are also things that her parents, who are very weird, are (laughs) sort of... <laughs> are sort of uh, uh, perturbed about. And so there's a lot of distance between her and her parents. But one day she finds out, well, she doesn't find anything out. She discovers an ultrasound that she had a twin. And shortly afterwards, uh, she starts to basically, listen, I'll, I'll be I'm not going to be around the bush. She starts talking to like her evil twin in the mirror. Or is it an evil twin or just a more self-assured, outgoing, confident twin? That remains to be seen. Violent, violent and sociopathic twin. But this mm-hmm. this twin becomes the one confidant that she has in this world and begins to increasingly uh, exercise influence over Maria's life. Uh, the, mere, the reflection, of course, is named Aram or Aram? Oh Aram. Aram. So hard. Aram. <laughs> So we have Maria and Aram. Classic. I would be so mad if it were anything else. <laughs> that's that's just for those of you who haven't seen this yet. A-I-R-A-M. Yeah. Um, just in case you're wondering how that's spelled. And I don't think it's a, a spoiler to say that they will uh, switch places in this story. Uh, and Aram will try to right some of the wrongs that have happened to both of them. Maria, but they're, they're really two sides of the same coin so they're in this together what a film what a film starts off with a fetus fight yeah with uh, ultrasound foo right off the bat with this thing <laughs> something i've it never seen before 
literally opens with a shot of an ultrasound with a fetus in the womb and then slowly a second fetus appears and just looks like it's beating the shit out of the other fetus <laughs> yeah. that's that's the beginning of the movie which is you know i mean it's a it's a statement it's a way to start a movie all right and it's pretty it's all pretty confusing you might and and <laughs> there's a lot of fetus stuff in this movie and it doesn't pay <laughs> off <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a disclosure right up front. All right, let's let's hear your disclosures. Let's hear it. I usually, I usually don't do this. I'm usually pretty dedicated to trying to train my eyes on the entire movie. I mean, I've, I have copped before with the Bye Bye Man to having gone back and spent the entirety, like, I spent three hours watching the hour and a half film, The Bye Bye Man, because I just wasn't paying attention, and I wanted to make sure that I was actually paying attention to the entire film. I did not pay attention to a lot of this film. I was playing Cinnanurdle Battle while no! watching this film. <laughs> oh, well, first of all, that's that you, you broke we've, the one rule. We've switched places in the mirror because I could not look away from this movie. Oh, wow. I could Holy not look shit. away. Either, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I, was, I, I thought about bringing this up, but I was like, no, it's not relevant to the subject of our show. I want to talk about Cinnanurdle Battle. Because I've, I've successfully now gotten Patrick's Cinnanurdle battle pilled. I tried to get Steven. I'm already unpilled, though. Well, talk to me again tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I tried to get Steven into it. He didn't seem very interested. But yeah. um, listen, all our listeners and fans should be going on to Cinnanurdle2, numeral 2, dot app and doing the battle mode. Where you, it's a competitive mode to connect movies through uh, arcane connections. And let me tell you, if you're a listener of this show, you have an advantage. Because I've gotten, <laughs> you know, the fucking hashtag horror win. I've gotten the would you rather win. Um, Honestly, I did fuck like two different people over with would you, uh, not would you rather, um, with the bye bye man yesterday. Yeah, bye bye man, I play that shit. Uh, people are like, oh. They'll play horns with because they think, oh, he doesn't know someone besides Daniel Radcliffe who's in horns. I'm like, I know everybody who's in horns. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me make let me make this clear, um, or or just to make it clear to myself, you can you can just pick any. It, it just has to be a movie that exists on IMDb or like what what is the criteria? More or less, yeah. I don't know the intricacies yeah. of the the database, but yeah, it, it's Dude. a very it's a very comprehensive database. I fucking played uh, the super obscure Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero movies Best Friends Part 1 and 2 yesterday, which I think were like just barely in theaters for a Fathom event one night. So I think the catalog goes pretty deep with Cinnanurdle Battle. The movie that was made on my mom's street is on there, and I play it all the time. Oh, fucking Jumper? No, Lake Erie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, right. Jumper was made like on Stephen Strader and his neighborhood. Yeah. But yeah, Stephen, I think you would probably destroy at it because you have so much like obscure knowledge. I just, I don't know. My, I also just don't have the desire at this point. I, I, I got super hooked on it yesterday and then my desire just burned out after I realized like the kind of people who are playing out there and how they're playing, which is just like trying to corner others with the people, like the actors that they ban in very few moves. And that's really unappealing. Oh, I love me. I love playing against the dogs and I love playing against the kings. <laughs> <laughs> I love it all. But anyway, it's no excuse though to, to not watch this this piece of cinema. Steven, you said you couldn't look away. Couldn't look away. And you guys know, like, I don't I don't give a shit with most of these movies. If I miss something, you'll tell me about it when we record the episode and I won't have wasted my time. <laughs> um, but this was this just had like a really um, lurid, like R-rated lifetime feel to it. Kind of an Adrian Lyne, like 90s erotic thriller energy that I wasn't expecting because it's about a teenage girl. And a lot of the eroticism exists between her and her father. Um, it, I will say it took about, and I, I did clock it. This movie is an hour and 45-ish minutes. It did take about 45 minutes to really get going, for things to start moving, for like for there to be any hint that somebody might die in this horror 
psychological thriller. But after that, I, I had kind of a blast with it, honestly. I think um, uh, Jason Isaacs gives a fucking fantastic performance as this smarmy plastic surgeon who is just so disappointed with his daughter and everything about her. Her ears are too weird. You know, she's she needs some... I don't know. He's going to do something to her lips. She needs chapstick, if nothing else. I would give her that note. Um, there's just a really weird kind of fucked up relationship between them that I wasn't expecting. And I just needed to see where it, where it landed in the end. I don't know. I had, I had fun with it. Yeah. I mean, Jason Isaacs is a king in general and, and always tears up whatever role he's given. And I enjoyed him here. Um, I, th- I thought it was interesting, though, that you said it took about 45 minutes to get going because it kind of never really got going to me. I mean, I don't know. There are certainly shocking moments parceled out throughout the movie, but to me, it was very slow paced. I'm thinking in particular of a certain ice skating scene, um, which I'm not sure if we want to save that for the spoiler room. Which one? <laughs> The, a couple the big of wild one. ones. There the were a one. couple of big know. ones. I, don't know, <laughs> but I think I know what you mean. Yeah, true, true, true. There's but yeah, I don't know. This was so oddly slow paced. It was almost like, I mean, I liked this movie, but it was almost like anguishy to me, like how slowly we lingered over like a, a girl's, a young girl, like a young teenage girl's kind of solitary struggles. I did write, so I thought of Anguish. It took me forever to remember what the fuck that movie was called. Um, And I did write down Malignant on Ambien at one point in my notes. As just sort of the vibe of at least the first third to maybe half of this movie. But I I was kind of into it because of the weird teen scream energy that I know Chris Mm. also loves. Yeah, I I really like this and I really liked the pacing of it. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the pacing Mm. of it anyway. I mean, the thing is, it takes a while to get, quote unquote, get going, but there's just all these Chekhov guns being set up through the slower parts where it's like, oh, like, can't wait to see what happens to that prick. Can't wait to see what happens to that bitch. <laughs> it's like you just go through it and you're like, I know this evil twin in the mirror is going to right some of these wrongs that we keep seeing. So um, I don't know. I was into it and it's it's lurid as all hell. And I mean, what more can you want in one of these Netflix movies? I, I will say, you know, I do I, I, I do sympathize with Patrick Sakes. It's like like is this a good movie? No, I'm just gonna say that right out the gate. Was it was it as fun as it should have been? Not really. I I I did think at one point, you know, this needs a little bit of like prom night two energy through. I need something like even weirder here and there. There there are mm. some stretches where it feels like there's not really anything happening. Mm. Um but, yeah, I know. think that was one of the one of the weird things to me about it is that it is so weird, but it seems to think it's making kind of like a serious, maybe even a movie with depth, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted like a little more, maybe not even more like Gonzo moments, but just like Gonzo tone where it felt like the director knew they were making something ridiculous, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not that at all. No, it could have used some self-awareness. Like I bet you there's a, there's a video of Jason Isaacs talking about all of the work that he put into his character <laughs> in this movie and the kind of, you know, f- female version of the Oedipal complex and like, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he's, he's taking it. It was taken too seriously for what it was. Yeah, um, but the final yeah. the final moments kind of tied it all together for me in a satisfying way. Yeah, it did, all the things I liked about this movie seem like they were almost accidental in sort of how silly this movie is and how much I laughed at this movie. I don't think I was supposed to laugh at this movie very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anytime it tried to be weighty, tried to be thematic, tried to be heartfelt, it was pretty cringe. Also, as far as horror goes, I, I this this is this is one of those movies that like they it thinks horror is something you do in editing. Like I was trying to figure out, like there were scenes where like the the uh, what's her name, Aram, Aram is talking to Maria through the mirror, and like Maria would be like, I don't know, do you think I should do this? And Aram is like, 
no but they like jump cut and put a big like yeah. scary sound effect under it <laughs> and i'm like Shit. first of all she's not that scary of a character i mean the reflection it's it's scary i mean you have all those creepy scenes where like oh there's a reflection in the mirror which by the way i love a mirror gag i don't get tired of that shit when you're looking in the mirror and then you stop looking at the mirror and the thing in the mirror is still looking the same way that's spooky, man. And uh, yeah, I, I like it. I like it too. There's plenty of that in this movie, and so Aram's a little yeah. scary early on, but then she starts talking. And you're like, no, like, good for Aram. Let's do this. Let's do this shit. <laughs> we didn't even talk about yet the fact that she discovers Aram while she's cranking one out on the <laughs> like right next to the sink in front of the mirror. What was that about? And you that know, went on for that, a while. that sounds like you could be talking about taking a shit. She is masturbating. I feel like we should clarify. She's, she's scooping her puss. And, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> could I be any clearer? Hat, hat, hat tip to Nicole Byer for blessing yeah. us with that expression. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta give credit where it's due. <laughs> I you know there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of gratuitous sexual content and nudity in this film, especially for a character who's supposed to be seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you know we're 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 not none of us are prudes about that sort of thing, but no. but it does start to feel like you're in the hands of a real creepy director. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Especially because I think it's written and let me check myself on this, but I'm pretty sure it's written and directed by a dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I just I, I maybe maybe I shouldn't say this for, on the episode, but uh, I want to read this review I found on Letterboxd written by a real creep. He says, "If you are maybe I should read it like a like like John uh, Powers." <laughs> <clears throat> If you are actually able to look away from stunning India Isley, you are more or less man than me. Those lips, those eyes, she is refreshingly feminine from head to toe. And it's always nice to come across a 20-something actress that is not shy about revealing it all. That's a bloody godsend these days, in all truth. There is a lot of her to see here, since she basically shares most of her screen time with her devious doppelganger. Blah, 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 blah. Not sure why exactly this girl would be bullied at school, especially by dudes. But in today's ass-backwards social climate, that kind of shit wouldn't surprise me one bit. (laughs) Oh my god. The voice really makes it. It's like, dude, just get a, like, go on Pornhub. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) Refreshingly feminine. (sighs) Refreshingly feminine. Yikes. Um, I, I will. I mean, while we're on the topic of her, though, I'll give her some big props. I mean, I, I think she does a really nice job with both the roles here. You know, I think oh, she yeah. comes off pretty convincingly as the, you know, mousy, scared um, girl who's constantly being, you know, like hectored by her weird ass parents, who we should also devote a few minutes to discussing in greater depth. But then I think she kind of, you know, no pun intended, like kills it as the evil twin too. She's, uh, she's compelling as both. I'll give her credit for that. And she's refreshingly feminine. Let's not forget that. (laughs) She can play the white swan and she can play the black swan. But yeah, the fucking parents, dude, like the, I mean, the dialogue is so weird. They're constantly asking her about boys. Why aren't you interested in boys? You know, like, are you going to the prom with a boy? Um, And then like Jason Isaacs and Mira Sorvino, both actors of some talent, I feel like just crank the weirdness up an extra level. Like they just seem like pod people especially mira sorvino just comes off as like like an alien or something just delightfully weird performances and maybe almost like approaching more of the sort of again like that gonzo-y like more knowingly campy factor i was talking about that i wish the director might have had in mind more but i think they that maybe get there a little bit more I think I, I, I did write down that I think Mira Sorvino, I mean, her character is like pilled out and drunk, you know, so her, her loopiness makes sense. But I need I needed a Jennifer Coolidge in that role. <laughs> I needed them to dial it up to 11 or 12. No. Yeah. Yeah. I need. Yeah. I, I need like fucking John Waters's look away. I need uh, Christopher Guest's look away. No, 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 no. That would be too much, I think. But 
I like the parents. I liked all the social. And here's the thing. Like all the relationships are pretty archetypical in this movie. So there's not like a whole. Well, I mean, there are some unique elements about at least the relationship with the father, but they're easy. To, they're easy to understand. And so early, you know, it didn't take long into this movie where I felt like I understood the characters well enough. And something I thought was interesting. Cause like these parents, they don't really have a sincere interest in their daughter, but they're very concerned that the daughter is socially underperforming at the private school that they've sent her to. And I thought about a conversation that Patrick and I had with our other friend, uh, because he said, we have another friend. Yeah, we have another friend. Uh, it's when we were talking about why rich people would have kids and not, you know, take care of them. And he said, when you're rich and privileged, you have kids because it affords you access into other social circles and you can use it like essentially for personal and business networking. And I was kind of blew my mind and I was like, is that true? I guess that makes a lot of sense. And so here, I think you kind of see a depiction of that where these people are just basically in the high society or well, mm-hmm. the, the dad is a plastic surgeon and they send their, their daughter to this school. And she's like, well, not only are you not helping me get clients for plastic surgery, but you're embarrassing the family. Uh, and so that's kind of their main concern. And they're just, they're very concerned about how she's going to be, uh, you know, getting along. Well, th- there's yeah. that. And also he wants to fuck his daughter. I think that's right. I don't think he does. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't think he does. No. I... There's, there's certainly a lot along those lines. I mean, I think he certainly like sexualizes his daughter because he's very fixated on her, like having you know, an appropriately like sexy and attractive face. I don't think he actually wants to have sex with her, though. No, I don't know. He wants I to mean, they pimp they her have out. Da- they have daddy yeah. daughter dates. Like he literally calls them dates. Um, and I, I found that stuff to kind of kind of cross the line too. Um, yeah, but people do that. I agree that it's weird. I think we were talking about this just recently about something, Chris. I forget what, but like. People do that. People like have dates and call it dates with their kids, which I just find very little stomach churning. Hey, you know, it's not as stomach churning as what happens to uh, little Maria at school. Let me let me let's put it that way, where she's just picked on from head to toe. There's light at the end of the tunnel, though, because they're going to go to the uh, there's the winter prom coming up. And Maria's like, we're going to have a good winter prom. It's a prom on ice. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. hockey's big at this school because it's like a New York private school, and she's like, "All right, I'm gonna get my friend to teach me how to ice skate." There's some real fun stuff going on on the ice. There's a scene where her friend must do like thirty twirls in a row. Oh, it's mm-hmm. it's hilarious. They, it's they they do like a Texas switch and they have like a figure skater come out and do these like Olympic moves. <laughs> I thought pond. she was gonna. I thought she was gonna take flight. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pee Wee's Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what this movie reminded me of. You know what this movie basically is. I think what Frozen. <laughs> what? Oh. Mm-hmm. See, I. I mean, I'm laughing just because I didn't expect that, but I don't remember enough about the plot of Frozen to to know if no. this is an adequate comparison or not. So make the make the case. Well, maybe I'll make it more in the spoiler room. Okay. I mean, should we just go to the spoiler room? Because I feel like much of what we have to discuss are just <laughs> discussed. That was quite a slip of the tongue. That most most of what we have to discuss are the disgusting developments that happen as Aram is cut loose on all the all the bad parents and bad students. Yeah, we can we can start making our way there, I suppose. Uh, at least we can start reviewing it. Maybe we'll have some little discussion topics that come out of our reviews. But Patrick, would you view it, cue it, or screw it? Look away. <laughs> I guess I'd give it a cue it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's it's rather slow paced. It's very fucking weird. And I feel like it needed tone dialed in a little bit more for how weird it is. But it is memorable. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of a classic cue. Like, throw it on a list. And uh, if you're bored one day and flipping through, you'll have a very uh, interesting experience if this is what you decide to 
kill an hour and 43 minutes with. How about you, Steven? Uh, I mean, I've said some nice things about this movie, and that's just me trying to, you know, be a little more charitable in the new year of our Lord 2024. But this is a definite screw it. I mean, this movie is 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 trash, um, and I think it's too too long for how much kind of fun lured enjoyment it has in it like yeah for an amon movie it held my attention i got a lot of laughs out of it but i couldn't really recommend this to anyone in good conscience i needed a little bit more of the kind of energy that we got in some of those gonzo 80s teen movies like i kept thinking of prom night too give me something as weird as the rocking horse in that if you've seen prom night too you know what i mean if you don't go see prom night too as soon as possible i think it's on shutter yeah i mean it, like for 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 what it is it, it it held my attention but um yeah i wouldn't advise anyone go see it look away chris oh i'm gonna give it a view it because i love this movie <laughs> um <laughs> it's it's has no soul that's the worst thing i can say about it there's no there's Whoa. no it's a it's a it's a very uh cold and sort of cynical product here uh i don't know if any of the things i liked were intentional but i don't i think it would lose some of its charm if it were a little too winky or a little too self-aware i i it's just kind of in the sweet spot here where it's batshit but it's batshit in a way where you just can never quite tell how seriously you're supposed to be taking it until it tips its hand and it's like oh yeah you are supposed to be taking this all pretty seriously <laughs> which is kind of funny into itself but held my attention i thought the characters and performances were all enjoyable cinematography is great and there's just lots of drama and lots of uh crazy shit going on especially in the in the back half of this movie uh so i had a great time wish you had tried a little less hard to be serious which is not the same as trying to be funny or, or silly uh but don't regret spending my time on this one i was glad i didn't look away I always love when we each give a different rating where when we cover the view cue and screw between the three of us, it's, it's like the Amon version of an EGOT or something, except not so easy to pronounce a, an acronym version of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's like, a, it, it's like when you, you go to rotten tomatoes and you want to know what the good critics said and you want to know what the bad critics said. You want to read both the synopses or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, well, we're going to go to the spoiler uh, rink, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to go to the spoiler rink and spoil everything about this one. But before we do that, let me remind you that if you just can't get enough of your boys, you can go to Amoncast on your social media platforms, E-H-M-O-N-C-A-S-T. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on whatever Twitter is called now. And... That's it. We're not on TikTok. We're not on probably what you and you're actually using for social media. We're not on LinkedIn. We're we should, definitely not on Be Real. We should get on LinkedIn. No. What the hell are we gonna do on LinkedIn? <laughs> Network. <laughs> Generate leads. <laughs> anyway but we are on discord and we have a pretty lively group of listeners on discord that we like to hear from and whenever we have a random thought that's not podcast worthy sometimes we put it in the discord you can find the link to that in our show notes we'd love to have you there we'd also love to have you in our reviews on your podcast service it's always good to help people find the show by rating us five stars and saying a few words if you're able about why you like to listen to us uh, so with that said, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to go down to the spoiler room and spoil everything about Look Away. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. We are down in the spoiler room, ready to spoil everything about Look Away. So, damn, guys, you ever, <laughs> you guys ever scare yourselves looking in the mirror? Um, 
I've I've definitely gotten scared looking into a mirror. Like if I'm if I wake up in a hotel room and it's dark and I catch a glimpse yeah. of it, that that kind of freaks me out and I have trouble going back to sleep. You never just stared in a mirror at yourself and thought scary things until you got too scared to keep looking. I mean, no. I've definitely yeah i mean i've gotten too high before and that's happened you go to the bathroom then you look you're like god do i really look like that i'm not even talking about drugs no drugs just imagination just imagination well sometimes drugs uh help coax the imagination along and sometimes they take you to the phantom zone (laughs) that's true yeah i think that mostly happens when it's like dark i can get scared of Of something i'm not talking about 10 in the morning you mean, uh, well, what are you fucking talking about? Okay, so you do want, you are talking about dark. All yes. you asked was, do you ever get scared looking in the mirror? The dark was implied. Oh, I think okay. he's trying to call us ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you know, Maria's pretty scared of uh, Aram when they first meet. But after Aram literally proves that she's the only friend Maria has... They warm up to each other, and finally, something horrible, terrible happens. Maria goes to the the ice prom, the <laughs> day she always wanted, so that she can dance on ice with her best friend's boyfriend that she has a crush on and also likes her back, but it's hush-hush. She is... <laughs> it's kind of like the, the like thruple in the, the Bye Bye Man. No one remembers what you're talking about. <laughs> I certainly don't. <laughs> Is it like the thruple in Zom 100 at all? I mean, well, it's not actually a thruple, but like, remember how there's the 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 boy and girl who are dating, and then the oh but yeah, the, the bye bye man conjures up the fantasy that there's a thing going on. Oh right, that's a hallucination, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But it is funny how he's like, you know, they're just like having sex, simulating sex, as I think you described it, Chris, on the dance floor while the boyfriend watches. Right. right. Anyway, sorry, that was a gigantic detour. I just thought I'd no, throw it's it back a, for a second. Detour to something else we watched. Always appreciated. Anyway, uh, you know, events cascade. Long story short, this bully kid who's on the hockey team, uh, Maria falls, and, and this kid ends up like grabbing her and dragging her around the ice like a like wheeled luggage much to the <laughs> delight of everyone at the school which i mean listen it's horrible as far as what could have happened to her in terms of bullying not the worst thing i've seen on screen yeah it's not good though it's not good I, though I, but it's not you, care- you it's not to- it's not you wanted like a carry. bucket of pig's blood. I wanted yeah. the pig's yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which, you know, and I was going to bring that up before. That's what this movie thinks it is, I think, is yes. Carrie. Yes. Yeah. yeah, totally. Anyway, so she goes home. She's crying. And she's like. Which even Carrie has the sense to be a little more heightened and a little more like just kind of gonzo over the toppy than, than this really is. Well, listen, I'm sorry that. Not everybody Asif, lives up to the standards yeah. <laughs> of Brian De Palma. <laughs> Asif Bernstein is not. <laughs> Uh, Stephen King nor Brian De Palma. <laughs> That's quite the Americanized pronunciation of that name. How do you pronounce it? Asif, Ber- Asif Bernstein? I'm assuming it's a soft based on the spelling, but I also might be full of shit. Asif? I don't know. Well, it whatever. Does, yeah. So, oh, he's actually currently working on a film adaptation of Stephen King's Rose Matter. Oh, Rose. interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've even heard of that one. Yeah. I think that was, or was that Rose Red? I can't remember. One of them was like just made for TV. Oh, anyway, huh. that's interesting. Anyway. Lesser known work. Anyway, so long story short, Maria and Aram switch places, basically. Aram's like, come over to the mirror, touch my hands, kiss me. Now I'm living your life. And does she ever? Holy shit. How would you describe the total life transformation at work, at play here? Did you guys see Mildred Pierce? No. No. God damn it. What's that? An art There's... film? <laughs> well, it's, it's an a, art it's a maxi Todd, series. Todd Haynes limited series based on a... Um, novel from i think the 40s anyway there's 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 a the daughter in that kind of goes 
kind of gets to a point where she rejects all authority and rejects her parents and starts doing whatever the fuck she wants and becomes kind of scary um, and, and, and starts like wielding her sexuality, saying whatever she really thinks about um, the authority figures in her life. And it, that reminded me a lot of what was going on here. There's a really funny scene where the mom asks, because uh, she gets an appetite. She gets her appetite back. Um, mm. She starts eating, and the mom's like, how's the tofu steak? And Aram says, <laughs> it's just like your marriage, a stale <laughs> imitation of the real thing. She can, really, she can really speak her mind now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she she becomes, it's like House of Cards, basically. She goes around engineering things to fuck over everybody who's ever wronged Maria. She, she's bullying the bullies. She's pounding bagels and schmear. She's trying to fucking ruin her dad's career. Yeah, her dad's having an affair with one of his patients at the plastic surgery office. So she like organizes it so that she'll come over to the office at the same time time as the mom goes to pick him up for what she mm-hmm. thinks is a cute date and so exposes the affair that way um you know just all these all these machinations and i mean here we get to i guess the central question of the movie which i don't think there's a really an answer for but we got to talk about our takes on it to what extent is aram real do you guys think well, okay, so this is why I originally made my disclosure about, you know, not closely watching some parts of this, because I'm unsure. I, I Based on my experience, I don't think we ever got an explanation of, like, how this happened. Like, it's it's vaguely hinted that the dad did some weird shit during, like, the birthing process. Yes. There was a twin who disappeared... Like, there was a twin because are, are so, there details that I missed? I guess is what I'm asking. Maybe so. We have the ultrasound at the beginning that we see that I assume is real of the baby, the fetus fight, fetus foo, <laughs> fetus, <The> fetus foo. <laughs> um, but that doesn't even make sense because the two twins are friends and like neither, neither of them beat the other up, killed it. And if it did, it was True. Maria because what happened was Mira Servino gave birth to two beautiful baby girls, except one of them wasn't beautiful. It was deformed according to Jason Isaacs, the father. Uh, yeah. But what does that mean? It could have mean, it could have meant, Oh, well, there was like a lazy eye or something like this guy's standards for success are, are very high when it comes to physicality. <laughs> yes. So he threw it in the trash can. He like killed it, threw it in the snow, did something. She, this baby died. This baby was murdered basically. Yeah, but and, and it's kind of vague what happened with that, right? Because you kind of see something in the snow. It's 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 unclear. Really. It's a baby corpse. It is definitely a baby corpse. I would say so, Stephen. Would you? Agree? Yeah, I'd say so. It's a baby okay. corpse. Yeah. I was I was struggling to figure out what that image was. I ran it back a couple of times. Yeah. So Maria, I mean, you don't you don't want to show a baby corpse too like graphically, I suppose. In real, well, there's a lot of stuff in this I want want to see that uh, so graphically. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Maria's twin was born, quote unquote, deformed and was killed by the father. Apparently there was a fetus fight, but I think that's just kind of for shock value and to get us drawn into the movie. We don't have to worry about the fetus fight. Um, <laughs> so then Maria does become aware of this, I guess, because she discovers the ultrasound and she has all these questions about if she had a twin, what happened to yes. the twin, etc. And it's around that time that she sees Aram in the mirror for the first time. Meanwhile, the mother has had recurring nightmares about the twin her whole life, but you can take that or leave that. So... There's, I think, definitely some room for interpretation about whether Aram is like a entity that actually exists and possesses Maria, or if it's facets of Maria's suppressed personality that, much like Frozen, she lets go. And <laughs> so, using the catalyst of the experience that's happening to her and the catalyst of discovering that there's another basically half to her that she never knew about. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously. I don't think the movie supplies answers one way or the other, right. but it's it probably obviously makes much more logical sense and is more compelling, I think, to go with the the latter that it's just her like tapping into her own rage, essentially. Yeah, I think so. And the real question is, are you Team Aram or Team Sanity? 
Oh, team, <laughs> team Aram. <laughs> movie doesn't make it clear. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Team Aram. I think Aram exists for all intents and purposes as a, um, as a, as a real, as a real presence, as a kind of almost supernatural haunting of Maria. Oh, oh, like so you, you think it's an entity? It uh, you know, it's. God damn it! It's hard to articulate, but I, 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 for the for the sake of the movie and the plot. I believe that Aram was kind of not just like a subconscious part of Maria, but like almost like a spirit that had taken over her. Okay. But it's also, it's, it's regardless, either way, it's tied to Maria. Like it's, it's her reflection. And so the things that happen to Maria have also happened to Aram. She's with Maria, even when there's not a mirror around, et cetera. Um, Which is kind of interesting. So that's why when she takes over, she knows everything. Yeah. Also, like what we don't get in this, because they switch places and what we don't really get, there's a little bit, I think, where she's like, I want to switch back or something. But like, we don't get Maria like stuck in the mirror dimension where everything's written backwards or anything. Oh, like thank that. God. Yeah, I'm so glad we didn't get that. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> but at an hour and 45 minutes, if we had to add another <laughs> layer and dimension to this, I think it would have been even more of a slog. Right, because that's, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, all right, so the evil twins out of the mirror now, our hero is now inside the mirror. Is that going to be a thing? Is she going to have to, is she trapped now? And the, it, it's it's more, uh, you know, metaphorical, I think, than that. Uh, so, mm. but anyway, I mean, what is there to say? Oh. Ar- what? Well, since we're on this discussion of, of Aram and everything, like, what what do we even think the intended significance was of Aram first appearing while Maria is, as Steven said before, cranking one out. It's just, it's, it's, she just appears to us. I don't know. I think it's just prurient. They're like, all right. So she's in the shower. She, you know, what, what, she's in the bathroom. What's an interesting thing she, she could be doing in the bathroom. Oh, how about she's masturbating? Cause I want to yeah, see. Yeah, I guess. It's she's just, fe- it, she's it, feeling it, herself and she goes a little too deep this time. <laughs> it uh, it just feels like you know one of those sort of writerly things like again they think they're making Carrie and it's like oh you know it would be sort of edgy and like capital the thematic capital the capital T thematic to have this all start after she's masturbating you know it's it just seems like such a conscious choice and and for no like real reason that scene didn't read to me like it was her like sexual awakening though. It it read to me as showing us that Maria is a sexual person, even though in yeah. the eyes of her parents, oh, everyone's and so worried about her like being with boys, right? You know? Like, because if we didn't yeah. have that, and I hate I hate to defend the necessity of that scene, but if we didn't have that, I don't think we would have any read on whether Maria was actually interested in sex or boys or anything. Yeah. Or if that was just being superimposed on her, that's a really smart, that's a really smart thought. I think this movie does lose something without that moment. And I never would have thought I would believe that argument. Well, but she's clearly obsessed with, she's clearly has a giant crush on her friend's boyfriend. We've talked about that. Like she's staring at them kissing and she's clearly like smitten around him. Yeah. Yeah. We might be able I to get the same read without the scene. It's hard. It's hard I don't. To say. I don't think you need this like blue lit her like up on the counter with her leg up, just like <laughs> cranking away in the steamy mirror behind her. I mean, that's that's a lot. It's just a lot, especially again for seventeen year old girl, as we pointed out. It's a lot. Some people needed it. The guy in Letterbox needed it. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Well, and I think. Well, and I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm saying is I think yeah, he's I the target audience for that. But and uh, again. It's not that I already said I didn't really think that this was stuff was necessary or in good taste, but it I did like that this movie lets you know and early on that like, all right, this isn't just total like why a lifetime fair here. Like there's a there's it's a it, this is going to be a more explicit movie than maybe you're expecting. Um, it makes it all feel a little bit more dangerous, I guess. So. Gives a little more, a little of that euphoria energy. Sure, I haven't seen that movie, but yes, or seen that show, but yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, let's talk about some actual spoilers. Yeah, I mean, what does there say? Aram writes all the wrongs. The highlights are she 
like kneecaps the hockey player who's been bullying her in the shower room. Well, yeah, there's so much to even before you get to that point. Where where to be where to begin, guys? Where to begin? Just run down the the, the drive-in totals of the everybody <laughs> she fucks up because I mean that's what All right. we're talking about we here, co- basically. We, we covered what she did with her parents. She exposed. Well, that's one of the things she exposes the dad's affair. Then we're, she yeah. shows up at school the day after she was horribly bullied by the hockey player bully kid. Walks up to him, feels him up, hand oh on balls, so and, erotic, and says, "I know every time you look at me, you get hard, or something like that." Mm-hmm. And this pisses him off to no end. <laughs> Even though I think I think you can tell that he like kind of has a crush on her, and that's why he's being such an asshole. Is that yeah? Because his friends kind of call him out, like, "What the fuck was that?" And he's like, in that moment, like, too ashamed to admit that he kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, but he liked it. So that's that's like seduction step one. Seduction step two is he thinks he's following her into the showers for some more fondling time. And <laughs> she like, you know, does something terrible to his leg with a hockey stick. And then we don't really see what becomes of him, but it probably isn't good. Then she go- says to her best friend who fucked her over a few ways along the way here and was we'll say she was complicit in the prom uh humiliation yeah says oh i you know i still want to learn how to skate take me out skating one of the best (laughs) one of the best scenes in the movie they go back out to the pond where they learn how how to skate and the friend starts showing her some skating moves and she's, she's picking it up this time better than she did the first time. And the friend like does have some tricks and Aram does some tricks. And I really like this. I really like the way that these tricks were shown. You guys are laughing, but no, I laughed watching. It was awesome. (laughs) It was awesome because she's, she's mirroring what, what she does. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, um, the anything fucking, can do, I can do better. Yeah. Anything you can do, like I can do because I see you do it. And I'm a, I spent my whole life as a mere reflection, but like, she's not perfectly polished at it. Like it feels like, Oh, the, she's doing it. But this is the first time she's ever done it. Um, really good physical acting in that from whoever the, probably the stunt skate person was who, who did that. And then this kind of pisses off the friend because there's like the social dynamic going on where the friend always wants to be better than the ben, than Maria. And they end up like, I don't even know. She ends up becoming <laughs> afraid of Aram and Aram skates her down and they, and they go faster and faster. And then does she get pushed or does she just fall? She just like slides into a brick wall. I mean, I think yeah. like, and I mean, yeah, as far as I know, Aram does not push her. It's just like kind of tricky skating where she causes the friend to like kind of crash into this wall, which seems yeah. like it shouldn't. Wait, does she die? It's It yeah. doesn't seem like, she yeah, dead. it doesn't seem like this should oh be grave injury cause. This guy was playing so it. much Cinnanurdle when he was watching <laughs> so much Cinnanurdle was happening. No, I, I, I ran that back and I was like, there's no way she should have like died from that injury. If you'd asked me to write a list of 10 ways that that character might die on the <laughs> yeah. ice while they're skating, that would never have even occurred to me. No, I totally agree with that. It was like shocking, but also in a weirdly underwhelming <laughs> Way. real head scratcher there yeah yeah and this is the scene i was talking about that to me just seemed like it went on forever i was like are they still skating yep they're still skating and not really that much was was happening in my book and now the the we get to the meat of the movie <laughs> where <laughs> where on the day of the friend's wake aram seduces the fuck out of the boyfriend oh yeah she does and he's like my, my girlfriend just died what the fuck are you doing and she's like nope it, it's sex time now they go to the phantom zone right and they start smoking a little guns. they do and then just like that they are boyfriend and girlfriend now and they are fucking for the most of the rest of this movie <laughs> They're, they're There's a great like smash cut where they're they're fucking and then all of a sudden we see a crab getting like chopped yeah. open and she's oh, going to dinner I, with her dad, I think. I did not like that because of animal cruelty, but yes, um we smash cut to crab restaurant. 
and mm-hmm. along that he thinks he's making Goodfellas long tracking shot through the restaurant, <laughs> starting at the moment of the crab death. So hopefully they did this in one take and didn't weren't just like murdering crabs to get additional takes of this. But it follows the crab on the plate all the way down to the table where Aram is sitting in the chair like a boss. Is she smoking a cig? She might be. She smokes a lot of cigs when she becomes Aram, and if she's not smoking a cig. Literally. She's metaphorically she's, smoking. She's yeah. metaphorically smoking a sick. Yeah. And then she mm-hmm. sucks the whatever out of the fucking crab leg in front of her dad, who's t- trying to take her out for a nice dinner, and he's just getting flexed on by his <laughs> incorrigible, overconfident daughter. I like you. I like the, the whatever crab. out of the crab leg. <laughs> <laughs> it's meat. That's called meat. meat? Yeah, okay. we're talking about the meat of the movie. I don't know if it's meat, meat crab. If it's juice. I don't. I don't. It was. Fuck, it was just. It that. was just funny because it sound. It seemed like you were implying that like something odd was coming out of the crab leg, but she's just eating. Oh no, no. eating crab. Yeah, and her posture's all over the place. Like it's. He, he, she's in his eyes making making a scene. But this was a really made. good scene too because. Jason Isaacs as the father, he's he's immune to Aram. And he's like, you think you're hot shit? You know what I see? I see a little girl who's trying to be too much or something like that. Yeah. And fucking bullseye and Aram is shook by it. Aram, who we've seen be hyper confident this whole movie, is like, oh, yeah, actually... <laughs> I might be like the hottest fucking 17 year old you've ever seen, but I'm still a 17 year old trying to be cool and hot. So (laughs) (laughs) I might've looked away. Actually, I might've lied um, or just blacked out or something because it's right after this scene that I have a note. Kakitis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) How did that come up? I don't remember. I'm trying to remember too. It cuts back to school, and they're getting a lecture on Kakaia. That's right. Frozen lake in the bottom of hell and Dante's Inferno. Where it is frozen. The ninth circle of hell, right? Wow. Yeah, and it's it's the circle that's reserved for the like betrayers and deceivers and the people who betray people close to them. Kakaitis, for those who haven't been listening to every episode of this podcast for, I don't know, three, four years, is from Boys in the Trees, right? Yes. Yeah. We did. I mean, yeah, it had to have been, like, roughly that long ago. Yeah. It's the name that the kids in Boys in the Trees give to the game they play where they walk around and tell spooky stories. And the three of us play it. So that one time we went and we killed that guy in the woods. We said we were yeah. playing Kakaitis. <laughs> We said we weren't going to talk about that on the podcast. All right. Somebody take that out. Okay. All right. We'll take that out. We'll take that out. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, All right. And then. Like, um, yeah, all I, my brain can't think of anything that happens until like the scene. Well, yeah. Aram's not fucking done yet. She continues to just have constant sex with new boyfriend. They skip mm-hmm. school to bang all day. They go to Aram's house to bang mm-hmm. during the school day. And the mom is like, you know, a little hazy. And she's like, what are you guys doing? Why aren't you in school? And Aram says, go back to sleep. And go- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they wind up in a, in a CD cd motel yeah and, and this he is... gets a call from his mom that the police are at the school which of course is where he says he's at and they need to talk to them because of the death of the 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 bad best friend and she fucking kills him with a liquor bottle this is where the movie and where aram goes too far for me really i was on board i was so on board with everything i'd seen and then she just really, for no reason, kills this boyfriend with a bottle of vodka, bludgeons him to death. And it sucks because I don't understand why she does it. And it it betrays the whole thing that I thought she was supposedly after, which was just to, like, correct Maria's life by any means necessary. Yeah, no, this movie isn't interested in that. She's just pure evil. She's on a she's on a warpath. She's straight crazy. To hell. Yeah, and it went from being like crazy like a fox to just crazy like Joker. And <laughs> so I, I kind of really checked out. I said, oh, it was a good hour and 15 minutes. Let's see what waits for us in the next 20 minutes or so. 
dude we've seen egyptian joker now we have canadian joker yeah, yeah. this is a canadian film which it's i think a, we haven't said yeah, yet it's a canadian film but it takes place in new york yeah didn't know either of those things i did get <laughs> tax credits for including hockey in the film really oh wow i mean i'm making i'm making oh okay that would make a lot of sense though there's so much fucking like ice porn in this there were so many bare naked ladies songs too i just yeah you know it's it's good it's good to see a sheet of ice in a movie in today's political climate that's just just laid out for all to to use Oh boy, you're gonna enjoy a uh, true detective night country. Oh, I will. Anyway, um, and then the scene where she makes a late call to her father's practice. Now, her father had already, and it's a pretty heartbreaking scene. Earlier on, her father already said, "Hey, why don't you come by my office? I want to give you your birthday present early." And she thinks mm. it's a car. But he's giving her plastic surgery to correct all the things that he doesn't like about her ears and her nose or whatever. Um, and so that's pretty sad. But now she goes back to the office at, at late and what? Strips naked, tries to seduce him, slits his Full throat. frontal. I was not expecting the full frontal. Me neither. I didn't want it. I didn't need it. Yeah, because she takes off her top, and I thought that was as far as it was going to go. They like continue mm-hmm. to have dialogue, and then she pulls off her skirt and her underwear as well. And I was like, wow, we are really going all kinds of places here. But I mean, a highly entertaining scene, because the whole time, the dad is like, put your clothes back on. God damn it. What are you doing? Put your clothes back on. He's like, he's taking, it. taking lab coats and trying to, trying to put them on her. Yeah. He's a little into it, though. He, and he's afraid, I think, that he's into it. That, that's the way I read that scene. It's an interesting little interplay between the two of them. May, yeah, maybe. But but then again, disappointment, because he just she just slits his throat. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty yeah, and, unceremoniously and, and quickly. There is the, the context for her doing this is like, do you think I'm beautiful? And would you, what does she ask him? Like, would you want me if I wasn't beautiful or something like she that? Says, like would alluding, you, would, would you love me if I were the, deformed? Right, right. Alluding to the dead twin. Yeah. And then yeah, she, she goes home. Him. She kills him and she goes home and she crawls into bed with mommy. And mommy looks up at the mirror that she has over her bed. Yeah. Oh God. I, f- don't know how I forgot about this. <laughs> and then the la- the last shot of the movie is a little too much for me. We see the real shot and we see like the reflection in the mirror cut. Well, back it strobes and back. Yeah, it strobes yeah. back and forth like a zillion times faster and faster until they're fully overlapped. Yeah. Mommy has seen both sides now. And and what does it mean? The final <laughs> shot is mom holding two twins. I guess like she always wanted, but. She's holding one girl, and I don't know. It's it's really a, make your own interpretation of what this means and how much of Maria is Aram and vice versa and all that. Well, and notably in the final shot, one of them like moves a little bit, implying that it's not just overlapping shots of the mirror and the scene below at the same time, but like one of them is actually moving independently of the other. I didn't notice that. So again, I guess. make of that what you will inside of each of us is a white wolf and a black wolf (laughs) she's going to feed the white wolf and she's going to pro for sure she's going to prison for sure so she's a straight up psycho but hey good for her that's your movie that's your movie all right so what is what are our favorite movies that have like a command for a title we talked about how we love these kind of movies what are the best look away look away is the best look away is the best one (laughs) Don't breathe. Don't breathe is what jumps to mind for me. I like too. Don't Breathe yeah. a lot. Oh, I yeah. haven't seen Don't Breathe. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Um, and and boy, that also has some lurid moments, but I think it knows what it's doing a little more. I there's there's a thing I would definitely cut out of that movie, but otherwise, <laughs> great film and great yeah. title. Yeah. Don't kill it. Don't kill it. <laughs> I don't remember a goddamn thing about that at this point. That's just a meme movie to me. Like, just the the meme of the title and Dolph Lundgren and you talking about him struggling to fit through the door. Yeah, That's all I remember yeah. about that movie. My, uh, <laughs> my favorite title... <laughs> My, shooter one of the one of my least favorite movies i've watched for this podcast but my favorite title we've watched on this podcast was be afraid 
Oh, yeah. Be afraid. Be afraid. Like that. That should. If you're making a horror film, that should go without saying. Yeah. That that's what you want to elicit from the audience. That's why it's so funny. It's very. It's very funny. <laughs> um, don't is a great. Don't. Title. Not a real movie, but <laughs> yes. Yeah, I thought of that as well. All like right. So what movie. are we watching next time? Yeah. Do we have any final thoughts on Look Away, The Ballad nope. of Maria and Aram? I'm tapped out personally. Yeah, if I have any more thoughts, I'll just have them with that. Talk to myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, Patrick, I think it's your turn to pick uh, what's going to leave us tapped out in two weeks. Yeah. So, I'm very excited to see that coming on Netflix not long after we record this episode and in time for us to record our next is Ty West's X. We are going back to the A24 catalog, but on Netflix. Um, view for, it. For X. Yeah, view it. Well, there's your episode. Yep. Chris, Chris, you're, Chris, you're recording a solo episode on this. <laughs> but no, I've been really wanting to rewatch this one for a while. It was kind of on my short list for the A24 period of the podcast. I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to get your take on it, honestly, Chris, because I know you haven't seen it yet. So I'm curious to hear your take because I know you're a Ty West fan. You were big on the Innkeepers, right? I like the Innkeepers. I like the House of the Devil, but then I was really bad at keeping up with his output, and I haven't. I don't think I've seen anything else since then. And I mean, I know he does dramatically different stuff. He did a western in the Valley of Violence. He's done a lot of TV. Um, he's done TV stuff, and then obviously now I, it seems like uh, X and Pearl and all that is kind of synonymous with his career. And now when you play him in Sin and Nerdle, people know what you're talking about. Um, mm. So, yeah, mm. you know he's in the mainstream now. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see anything that he did between Innkeepers and X either, I think. Mm. But anyways, that's what we're that's what we're watching next time. All right. Well, two weeks, we'll be back for X. Until then, like I said, follow us on social media or tell us your thoughts on Look Away in the Discord. Until next time, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm I'm Kirtap. <laughs> yes, I'm Search. <laughs> I'm Nevitz. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>